Well, good evening. My name is, good evening, awesome. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> First time up here. <laughs> uh, my name is Anna Zimmerman, and I have the joy and privilege of being the student director here. That means that I get to hang out with and love on the teens and young adults here at Shepherd's Gate. I've been here for about a year and a half now, as Trisha said earlier. And some of you, though, I think you might only know me as this, the girl who runs around in the shark costume. <laughs> Or maybe, more recently, you've seen this goofball who runs around in the deer onesie on hunting opening weekend. <laughs> it's a miracle that I'm here today. <laughs> but I, um, I'm also married to RJ, and we've been married for four years now. That hunk up there, he's sitting over there. Yep. <laughs> and we also, together we have a two-and-a-half-year-old baby boy who's not quite a baby anymore. His name is Benaya. I know. Oh, my gosh. He's so cute, and I will not accept any arguments as to whose kid is cuter. It's mine. It's always my kid. <laughs> he's so cute, and he's a toddler, so uh, with having a toddler, as many of you know, there's a lot of time that needs to be poured into a toddler, right? And uh, granted, all of my time and all of my energy has been poured into this little one. And so a couple of years ago, I tried to make things a little bit easier on myself. Uh, I, tr I got these things called Amazon buttons. Amazon buttons are a wonderful invention that don't exist anymore, the, but they're wonderful in that you could strategically place them around your house, and when you have something that you need to reorder that you buy frequently, you push one of these buttons, and a couple of days later, that item shows up on your doorstep. So I could be sitting there on the toilet, notice that the toilet paper's low, <laughs> strategically reach around to the back of the toilet where my button's placed and push it, and a couple of days later, there's some cottonelle on my doorstep. And it's awesome. It's made life a little bit easier. But Alexa, oh, Alexa, she, she gets me. <laughs> and I think she gets me more than I get me. She knows me better than anybody, I think. But it's gotten to a weird level. Uh, the other day, out of the blue, she pinged. Ding. And she said to me, based on your past purchases, it may be time to reorder Cottonelle 3 ply 36 pack. <laughs> Would you like me to add that to your Amazon cart? Okay, Alexa, I get that you know me. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you. But please stay out of my bathroom, okay? Um, and please also add that to my Amazon cart. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of that is that uh, the day I wrote that story out in my journal, um, I ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Uh, but I am so excited to be here uh, with you all tonight, um, and I love that this, this is family, right? Can I get an amen to that? This is family. Yes. I feel safe telling you my toilet jokes. <laughs> uh, because A, you're family, and because B, I work with middle schoolers, and middle schoolers might think that's cool, right? Awesome. Okay. <laughs> but I want to help you get to know more about me than just by the girl who runs around in the shark costume or uh, buy my toilet jokes. <laughs> I want you to get to know me. And so let's start from the beginning, shall we? I grew up here in Macomb. I went to Emanuel Lutheran Church and School, was baptized at Trinity Utica. I graduated from Lutheran High School North. Go Mustangs, yes, thank you. Mr. Ranky's here, you don't have to impress him anymore, just so you know, okay. <laughs> But uh, go Mustangs, it's awesome. Um, and then for all but one year of my uh, education, I went to Christian schools. And I ended up becoming a church worker like my parents. Um, and uh, I, love, I love church work. Um, 
but you know what? That that wasn't always a desire of mine. Um, but growing in uh, growing up in churches meant that I got to hear a lot of influential people talk to me, and a lot of a lot of these people poured into my life. And when I was seven years old, our church hosted some missionaries, and I don't honestly remember much from the conversation, but I do remember after that looking up at my mom, at her wise face, and saying to my mom, I want to be a missionary someday. I said that when I was seven years old. <laughs> and I wish that that was it. I wish that that was the story that I could share with you today, that young dreams, they just, they all come true. But as you can see, I'm standing here today, and I'm not in Thailand doing mission work. <laughs> so life takes, life takes some interesting turns. Um, life is hard. It's full of difficulties. And for me, it took some weird turns in high school. Um, and I, I was a long way off from that little girl who wanted to be a missionary. See, in high school, I tried to fit in. Um, and I started letting how others acted become a filter of who I should be. And through that, I made a lot of poor decisions in high school. My faith dwindled. And I found my value and worth in how everyone else saw me. And to this day, I, re I regret a lot of the decisions that I made in high school. I was trying to be someone that I wasn't, trying to please others. In that, I lost my worth. See, I couldn't even see myself as worth anything. And because of that, I didn't just forget about the seven-year-old girl that wanted to be a missionary. I said, you're not worth that anymore. And this person I was trying to be wasn't cutting it. And so my senior year of high school, I got a phone call on my landline. Now, high school and uh, middle school students, I'm talking to you right now. A landline is a phone that's plugged into the wall. <laughs> we good? Dustin, you good? Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> Uh, I got a call on my landline, and it was the Navy calling. See, I had scored well on some tests, and they wanted to talk to me about enlisting. When I went in and talked to them, we figured out that I probably shouldn't enlist, but instead become an officer in the Navy. So I applied and interviewed for a scholarship uh, to be part of the Navy ROTC program, and I got it. $180,000 scholarship to the University of Minnesota to become a Navy nurse. Because that's what you all think of when you see this girl smiling, <laughs> walking around. A combat nurse ready for action. <laughs> but seriously, I did dress up in dress blues. There I am sitting pretty on the floor. It did happen. <laughs> $180,000 scholarship, and I thought, this is it. This is my worth now. Or at least, this is how others could perceive me. I look pretty fly in a uniform. I look pretty good. And $180,000, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but I let that start to define me. But I also let it become a mask. See, the same sins and decisions that I was making in high school, I started falling back into in college, too. And you know what? I got trapped in that sin. I got involved with some pretty rotten relationships. And I hurt people. And I'd love to tell you more about that. Uh, but honestly, I'm not there yet. Maybe someday I can tell you more about those stories, but it hurts. 
It's a chapter of my life that I wish I could just write out of my story. Because it wasn't just rock bottom. I get sick to my stomach thinking about that year of my life. A whole year. I looked in the mirror and I saw a uniform, but inside I felt nothing. I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't worth anything. And one day a mentor uh, called this out of me. She saw this and she said to me, who, who are you trying to be? Who are you? What are you doing? I remember going back to my room after meeting with this mentor and I wept because I couldn't answer that question. Who am I? But in that moment, God revealed to me that spark that I had as a seven-year-old girl again. Uh, And that year, I quit the Navy ROTC I gave up the $180,000 scholarship, which my parents are still thrilled about. (laughs) And I transferred to uh, Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. And when I went, so I I went from University of Minnesota, I hopped into my little snowmobile, and that's how you transfer schools in Minnesota. You just ride over to the next one in town. (laughs) And I transferred to Concordia University. I, uh, I became certified as a director of Christian outreach with a minor in Bible translation. So, um, yeah, Bible translation, I would translate Greek and Hebrew into whatever language. Um, and you might wonder, like, does she still use that today? Yes, I do. I translate Bible into teenager every single day. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's like a Polynesian language, but <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, translating it into teenage teenager, it's... um. It's almost like translating it into Polynesian languages, um, but not quite. It's very close, though. It's very close. Um, teenagers out there, yeet. Is that a word? Is that still a thing? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeet. Here we go. Owning it. <laughs> uh, so part of, part of the Director of Christian Outreach program that I was a part of required a one-year internship, and you had to do that at a church or a mission organization. And I was sent to British Columbia, which is pretty cool. But full disclosure, when I was told that I was going to British Columbia, I had no idea where that was. I had no idea. I assumed Great Britain. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, British Columbia, it's a province of Canada that's above the state of Washington. And I lived on Vancouver Island, which is about the size of Great Britain. Uh, But I lived on this island, and you could often find me hiking, you could find me surfing, you could find me whale watching. There I am in my surfing getup, trying to look cool. (laughs) Uh, I loved it. And get this, the apartment that I lived in, if you looked out one window, you could see the ocean. And if you looked out the other window, you could see a mountain range. And I don't think it gets much better than that. Now I live in the mountainous Mount Clemens. But aside from surfing and hiking and whale watching, there was purpose to my internship. I was part of an organization called the BC Mission Boat Society, and we organically shared the love of Christ with native tribes that were on this island, and it was awesome. It was a great year. 
But you see, even in my venture to British Columbia, a lot of people will say to me, oh, you're so adventurous. You hike, you surf, you adventurous girl. That's awesome. Uh, but what they don't know is that I only went to British Columbia because I first turned down an internship to India, which I know where that is. <laughs> I turned down an internship in India out of fear. I said no because I was afraid of going to India. I'm not adventurous. British Columbia was the safer choice. And honestly, that's a shameful spot for me to be in, to be afraid of something. And so I put on this mask and make it look like I'm adventurous to everybody else. I put on my little surfing get up. But really, I'm just covering up this fear that I have. You see, my life has been full of these masks. And they're not bad masks. $180,000 scholarship, that's pretty cool, right? That's awesome. But it was covering up shame from high school and in that first year of college. These masks aren't dishonest. I loved British Columbia. I still dream about surfing to this day. I love Loved my time there. But I was, I'm covering up shame in my fear. Life is full of these masks. So together tonight, I would like to take a look at a story that Jesus told. And this is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. And you can find that in your Bibles in front of you. That'll be found on page 874. And for those of you that don't have a Bible at home, we want to offer this as a gift to you. Please take this book home. Please take this home so that you can see just how much God loves you through his narrative and through his story. So Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, we're going to read this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, that being Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to him, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So here's what happens. You've got 100 sheep. One of them wanders, gets lost, and the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep to go find that one that has wandered. He finds it. He puts it on his shoulders. He heads home rejoicing that he has found this one sheep. And I don't know about you, but when I hear this story, I have a reaction that says, like, oh, that's so nice. What a cool shepherd finding that one. And I want to put myself um, into one of two categories. One, I want to see myself as one of the other 99 sheep. I see the one sheep who's over here, and I think about all of the other people in my life who might be that one. And I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Who's that one person that you're thinking of? I put myself 
in with the other 99. I want to look in the mirror, and I want to say, you keep doing you, sheep number 32. You're doing great. <laughs> or I want to put myself in the shepherd's shoes, and I want to say, keep on trucking, shepherd. Save them all. You got this. But here's the truth in my life. I won't even look in the mirror because I know what I'm going to see. I know what I'm going to see because I know that I'm that sheep. I'm sheep number 100. See, this story is about a lot more than just sheep. It's about the mask that I wear as a sheep number three, saying, I'm successful. I'm, I've got $180,000, and I'm going to do great. I have a uniform. I'm sheep number three. But really, I'm wearing a mask full of shame as sheep number 100. Or my mask looks like this. I'm an adventurous go-getter. I'm sheep number four. But really, I'm covering up fear. More recently, my mask has looked like this. I'm Anna, I'm the millennial, and I know everything. <laughs> when really, I'm covering up a handicapping fear of failure. Now I want to ask you this. What mask are you wearing? is a safe place to think about this. I mean, I shared my toilet jokes with you. <laughs> I want you to think about this for a minute. What mask do you wear? Are you wearing a mask of perfection? Afraid you might be wrong? How about being helpful when you're really wearing a mask feeling worthless? Are you like me, an overachiever, wearing a mask covering up this fear of failure? Or maybe you, you love to keep peace with everybody, that's your gift, but in reality you're covering up a fear of being loveless. Let's sit in this for a minute together, shall we? Realize, look around, realize that we've all got masks. We've all got masks that we wear, and we're all just as scared to realize that we're, we're lost. It's scary being sheep number 100. Not only are you alone, but you're looking back on the flock, and you're wondering, do they know that I'm sheep number 100 right now? And so we guard up, we mask up, we put on uniforms, we put on wetsuits, we put on whatever we can to wear a mask, to hide what we're truly feeling on the inside. Worthlessness, loneliness, sin, shame. Do you realize that even in that shame and guilt and loneliness, you have a Savior that loves you? You have a Savior that took all of those feelings to the cross?
own for a minute that you are sheep number 100. Own it. And here's how you can do that. Take off the mask. Because when you're sheep number 100, when you're in the muck, when you're in the grime, when you're lost, when you're sinning, when you're feeling worthless, mask is off, you can turn and see that the shepherd is running after you. Your shepherd pursues you. Your shepherd went as far as to die on the cross coming after you. This is something that today I need to remember. That he loves me. That he did all of this for me. What I love about the image that Jesus gives us in this story is that the shepherd carries the sheep on his shoulder. What would it look like for you to be the sheep that the shepherd carries? Friends, take off the mask because then and only then can you breathe in his love Can you see how much the Father loves you, that he is pursuing you, that he will do anything for you? Take off the mask. Be the sheep the shepherd carries. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, awesome shepherd we are so in love with you Lord you promise us that when we are sheep number 100 you're going to seek us and God we know that while we might not be feeling like a sheep number 100 right now there's going to be seasons that we do maybe there were seasons in the past where we did maybe this Thanksgiving we are sheep number 100 But God, you say, your number is nothing to me. You say, you are mine. You are mine. God, we ask that you bless our Thanksgiving. Whether we're surrounded by family tomorrow, going to the movies, or whatever it is you have planned for us tomorrow, Lord. We pray that you bless the day. Help us to be grateful for everything, for the mac and cheese, for the stuffed animals. God, for family, for our grandparents, for our schools. God, we thank you for all of that. And Lord, we ask that you be with those who are missing somebody from the table this Thanksgiving. Bring them comfort. Bring them peace. Lord, for all of those who are feeling like they're sheep number 100 today, I pray that you help them to have the courage to take off the mask and to know, to believe that you are pursuing them, that you run after them, that you love them with your everything. We love you, God. It's in your name that we all pray this. Amen.